Great morning, everybody. Great morning. Was that good? Yeah, you you're, you're back in action. I'm back in action. Love it. Yeah, I was I was out of action last week. Sorry. Um, how's your week been? Uh, last week. Good man. Um, lots, 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 moving, moving parts, but it's okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. What about you, man? <clears throat> yeah, I'm good too, man. Again, same, same thing like you, man. A lot, lot, lot of moving parts. Um, but it's, it's good to be back in the saddle. Um, I, lo- I love little mini vacays, but I get like out of uh, my routine, you know? I mean, it's, it's all good. Yeah. But like when I, it's like, okay, Coop, get back into routine. Like get the protein shakes ready. Just <laughs> and I got to hang around you more. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's, it's all good, bro. It's all good. We all, we all, we all got our things, you know? Um, but other than that, man, um, everything's going good. Uh, just staying positive. Um, but that with all our moving parts we got going on, but it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah. Other than that, I got nothing else, man. Let's, uh, let's get into the next one. All right. Good morning, everybody. Caleb, please bring in our guest today. Hey, thanks Coop. Um, Today on the podcast, we have a good friend, an entrepreneur, real estate investor, um, and, and honestly, somebody who is always pushing the boundaries, which I think is awesome. I can't wait to hear more of the story. Um, welcome to the show, Andrea Smith. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thanks for having thanks for Thanks for letting us interview you. Um, yeah. I know, I know you're a busy busy lady. Um, the first question we always start with is tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and also why you do it. Yeah. So I am Andrea Smith. Uh, I know you guys because of my husband, CJ. What do I do? Yeah, I'm a real estate investor. It's funny you introduce me like that because I don't really consider myself that, but it definitely is something I do. It's more in the background of my life. And in the foreground, I am a holistic health coach. So I specialize in helping women prioritize their health, get strategic, and just have a better well-being overall. And why do I do this? Uh, That's another great question. It all kind of started with my own health journey and watching uh, the women in my life really struggle with their health. And wanting to do something differently, wanting to create a new wellness generation in my own family and for myself and for my community. So that is why I got into health coaching. Love it. Love it. Love it. Andrew, can you can we just talk a little bit about, you know, I loved how you just introduced yourself as a real estate investor first. Um, so what made you want to do the coaching? So you guys are doing real estate, like what came into the thought of, okay, this is, this is cool, but I want to do some coaching as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it really, it was a journey to find it. It definitely wasn't something that just 
popped into my head one day. I had been an accountant for actually about seven years and uh, it worked well with my brain. I'm very analytical, but at the same time, I didn't feel connected to it. I didn't feel purposeful, which I know is probably a millennial thing, but that's, that's who I am. So I just didn't, I just couldn't see myself doing it the rest of my life. So I was on a journey trying to find what was something that I could be passionate about, especially since we were starting in the real estate um, investing and that was going to be bringing in cash flow. So it wasn't as much of a, a need to have something be really financially um, abundant right away. So I allowed myself to kind of dream big and really just get more imaginative with what career I wanted to move into next. And I had always been interested in health. Like I said, like just in my own life, I was a yoga teacher. Um, I just always have loved learning about our bodies and our minds as well, not just our physical health, but our mental health. So experimenting on myself, I had been doing for many years, but then in about um, 2019, right after I got married, actually, my dad had to have open heart surgery and he's had many health issues actually in the past. Like he's had cancer and diabetes, all these things. And just watching him struggle with that and feeling so helpless and really at the will of whatever the doctors were telling him was okay for him to eat or do and things like that. It was just heartbreaking to watch him be on that journey. So I kept getting these messages on other podcasts I listened to about this nutrition school where you could become a health coach and da 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 da. I'm like, you know what? Even if it's just for me and my family, it's something I would love to learn just to have mm-hmm. that in my tool belt. So as I embarked on my journey of learning and in my program, I just fell in love with the process, not only of the material we were learning, but the actual act of coaching and like being a vessel for others to find healing and for others to grow, it really just sparked me. Like I, I just fell in love with it. So the more I learned about it, the more eager I was to share what I was doing. And it just kind of naturally progressed to starting to have clients reach out, reach out to me and continuing that journey on my own. But now I'm also with a firm that I'm coaching with and just, oh, just watching the ball continue to roll even now in my community in Minneapolis, it's been It's just been really exciting and really humbling, honestly, because the entrepreneurship journey is incredibly different, which I'm sure is obvious, but it's just a completely different mindset to have. And getting into that has been more challenging than the actual coaching side of things, but it's more the entrepreneurship has been a challenging journey for me, but it's been fun, especially having a partner who is on the same journey in his own way it's been really nice to be able to bounce ideas off of each other. I, I, I think Drop your the community. Mic. <laughs> Drop the mic. No, Coop, I got a follow-up. <laughs> he, he calmed down. Um, I, I think your community is probably, it seems like the world, um, Miss World Traveler. Um, but uh, as you were developing this passion for helping others through health coaching, um, how did you develop your mission and like your niche, right? Because I think you said mm-hmm. earlier that you focused more on, um, you said women. And mm-hmm. how, how did you get from, okay, I know what I want to do to then targeting a specific audience? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think to be frank and to be transparent, I'm still figuring out my niche because even though I know I want to help women, sometimes that still feels too broad. But mm. getting even there, naturally, because I myself am, am a woman, so I I understand and can relate to a lot of the different challenges that women face that are different. And also just like I mentioned, growing up, you know, uh as a woman, you learn a lot of things of how to take care of yourself from your parents, mostly from your mom. So watching my mom just really put herself last all the time and be so selfless. And that was how she was raised from her mom. And just kind of watching how not only with my mom, but with my aunts and my, my on the other side, my grandma passing away, even, you know, like at a pretty young age and just watching how the deterioration of health in the women in my family um, was so prevalent that it just, for me, that's, that's naturally where I wanted to go to really just be that voice of reason that we can do things differently. And we do not have to continue this process of basically um, breaking ourselves down, killing ourselves for our family, because in reality, mm -hmm. that's not helpful. You know, it may be what we're taught again, but there is a shift happening right now. And it's allowing women to realize that putting themselves first, putting um, their health first, their mental health, their wellness is actually helpful, especially if you do have a family, because they are watching and it's only going to help the next generations if we start to take care of ourselves now. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with really like large families, but tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like a lot of that came from, you know, like mom and dad had a lot of kids, mm. right, in order to, you know, help out with the the family sure. business or the family farm or mm -hmm. right and and not that that's mm -hmm. wrong now but it seems like our culture is more transitioning to you know maybe we have one two three maybe four kids definitely versus, you know so I I agree I think it's definitely it's... something go I'm, I'm gonna let you oh, I'm gonna so let you sorry pay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I, let you I, I didn't want to cut you off keep going I didn't want to cut you off but it was just I felt so compelled to say something because I, I don't even know if you know my family history, but it's funny you say that because I don't No, I don't. Um, my mom actually did grow up on a farm and she was one of eight kids. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a really great connection you're drawing. And even I've had this conversation <clears throat> with her again um, and just realizing that everything at that time, it was necessary, you know, for survival. But because of the sacrifices, you know, our grandparents, our parents have made we're able to, you know, progress. And naturally, mm -hmm. I feel like that's something we should do. You know, that's like a, a gift we've been given to progress. And even now, a lot of the things I'm learning and the way I'm taking care of myself, my mom watches me, she sees me, and she starts, you know, doing it on her own, because it's definitely mm -hmm. not, like, just, I'm sure you both know, you can't really tell people what to do in life, you can only really show them. Um, and just watching her take on her own healing journey has healed me too, and my sisters as well. So mm -hmm. I would completely agree, Caleb, that it's generational and it can go both ways. The healing can go into the future and into the past. Mm. I like how you, I like how you tied that up for me. I was about to fumble it. Um, <laughs> I'm, Coop, sure I'm passing you the ball though. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Andrew, that was, that was great. Can, can you talk about, um, you said that you um, are working for a firm now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I assume that this is the job CJ tweeted about that you negotiated a 32 hour 
We're, it's not, but oh, it's I not, can talk okay. about that too. Okay, we should talk about both because I think because okay. both are good stories. Yes, let's okay. let's first talk about the firm, like and how you know how that came about. You know, working working with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the firm came about when last summer I was just on my own, started my own private coaching. I had been doing it for a little while. And after George Floyd was murdered, actually, I made a post for my own healing to support my community in my own way about offering free coaching to black women. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, a lot of I got connected with a lot of wonderful women in my community. And it was a very healing process for them, but also myself. And through that, I had someone reach out that is a woman in my community who's been a career and life coach for quite a while now, actually. And she hosts events for entrepreneurial women of color, um, which started in Minneapolis, but now it's all over the place. And she Mm. has actually a like a mastermind networking company that is based here in Minneapolis as well for women of color. So she is a serial entrepreneur and she's been doing this for quite a while. And she was beginning to expand her own private coaching to include other coaches. Um, And she reached out to me and was like, Hey, um, I don't know you, but I just have this feeling about you. I'd love to talk. Um, And it turns out she actually knows my sister. My sister's an entrepreneur too, but she didn't know we were related because we have different last names. (laughs) Um, But there's one thing led to another. And I am now the only health coach actually at her firm and the rest are career coaches. And even in that, just in her past life, she was a health coach and watching how that impacted her own knowledge of herself and her family. She's super passionate about bringing that um, knowledge and that expertise to our community. So that's why she brought on a health coach because oftentimes many people, it's more um, mainstream and we all know we need to work on our career. You know, we all are eager to invest in that type of things, but as far as our health goes, it's still a little bit under the radar. Mm -hmm. So she's starting to integrate that into her career coaching firm so that people who are super driven, super achieving can also be, you know, taking better care of themselves. Um, Yeah. So that's my piece that I play at the firm is the health side. And then the second story is, yeah, that CJ tweeted how I negotiated a 32 hour work week. So that was when I was still working at an accounting firm. And I, (laughs) I forget how it really started. I think, honestly, it was so simple. I was just very tired. I was stressed. And one day CJ's like, why don't you just ask for a 32 hour work week? Why don't you just ask? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, I look at him like that because he he has always um, been in uh, abnormal careers. So he's never worked like a day job where you sit at a desk and like it's just a uh, routine kind of thing. So I'm like, oh, he doesn't even get it. Like he he's yeah. just saying that he's just, you know, <laughs> being a little too imaginative. Being CJ again. You know, just like, why not? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Sure, I'll ask because because at that point I had, I had at, at, I had worked remote before the pandemic for years because I just asked. So, so it's not that I had never felt the courage to ask things at work, but this was still a new realm for me. So I was pretty nervous about it. Um, but I did. And they said, yes. And so it was, it was, it was eye-opening again, another eye-opening experience for me of just asking and what's the worst that could happen. They can say no. So once I, 
freed up more of my time. This was when I was starting my coaching on the side. I had more time to invest in my side business and to learn and all those things. So it just started to alleviate my stress, started to give me other ideas. And it was like what propelled me to be able to quit my, my regular job. It kind of sounds like it was step one, it whether, really, you, yeah. whether you knew it at the time or didn't. Yeah. Um, and I think it's what a testament to how powerful marriage and a partner can be too, right? Mm. Cause he, CJ's CJ's simple little curiosity, you know, mm-hmm. push you to help push you to where you are now. Um, mm-hmm. you, you briefly touched on this earlier, but you know, you're an entrepreneur now and mm-hmm. you've been working through that coming from, you know, like, you know, corporate career. Uh, what are some of the growing pains or maybe, I don't, I guess, we usually talk about fear, but like, mm-hmm. what what's it been like to to switch over to like, nope, I I have to go out and and sign clients and have a right. business plan and all that stuff. What what what's that been like? Yeah, um, so I think the biggest challenge for me is selling myself. <laughs> to be honest, it's mm. just I feel very uncomfortable with just that feeling because it's new. You know, it's not it's not that it's wrong it's just a new thing so actually practicing that muscle has been incredibly challenging especially when I am so used to communicating with people solely because like they're my friends or family you know not because I'm trying to get them to sign up for things so really shifting my mindset around why I'm communicating with people, not just to connect, you know, because that's what I would prefer just to do is just to connect with them. But it's also to, you know, inform them or sell them, you know, all the other ways to communicate. It's been hard. It's been really hard. Um, I have a career coach now. And this is what we pretty much talk about every single time is just me learning how to shift my mindset around sharing who I am. And why I just need to basically get over it <laughs> because it's, yeah, it's been hard to say the least. It's I, the toughest part. I think, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Coop? No, <clears throat> that's funny because I, because I see some of your posts and I think you do a great job. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, that was actually one of my things I was going to say was like, Oh, how, how has that transition been? Um, but you talked about mindset. And so I, I want to ask like what things have, you done or have helped you know to help with the shift you know of, mm-hmm. of selling yourself mm-hmm. yeah another great question I would say like I mentioned I have a I have a coach so having a one-on-one person has been huge just to talk through these things and get them out of my head but also having a community so that's something I'm still working on creating um, of just not only entrepreneurs but of other coaches since the industry I'm in is still pretty new. Um, it's hard sometimes for me to articulate what it is that I want to say because I don't know how to say it. So having other women who are doing the similar things and understanding their process um, has been pivotal even just to watch them. But I've been starting to now connect with some local women as well. And I'm really excited to see what comes from that. Just having a space like an incubator to think of ideas and feel motivated and just inspired by my peers. So I would say having a coach and having a community would have been the biggest things for me. Um, And also my partner, again, CJ, 
he's so wonderful. He's so helpful. He listens to me and I listen to him, you know, and just having people who care about what you care about makes mm. a big difference at the end of the day. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, you definitely gain from the people you spend time with. That includes your, that includes your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, with with business goals, with health goals, do you also have personal development goals that you work on? Huh. You guys got some good questions. <laughs> That's all right. I, Coop, Coop sent me a list before the podcast, no, so I usually no, just go off. No, I, you know, we, 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 like I said, the only list of questions is literally the first one. That's the. <laughs> and then after that, it's we just talk. We have a that couple highlights, go. but yeah. I was gonna say those, you might have a few tools just in the background, just in right, case right, you run out. Right. You know. <laughs> okay, so personal development—I feel like that is kind of a broad term, actually. So I want to ask mm. you, there you go, what Andrea. There you mean you. by that? Flip <laughs> the script. Let I love that. Uh, so, so I'll use myself as an example, right? Great. Um, mm-hmm. My personal development, I know I need to, I know I need to talk to other smart people with different perspectives who are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So Cooper and I started this podcast, right? I'm forced Mm -hmm. to talk to whether I want to or don't. I always, I always want to, but if I'm having an off week, it's like, oh, Monday morning we're, we're, you know, talking to another entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Cooper and I also, same thing with our book club, right? We make sure we um, we read one book a month. Maybe sometimes it's more, right? But we make sure we read one. Um, mm. I think masterminds are important, which I know you're. We'll probably touch on some of that. Mm-hmm. And then you can get into some, you know, some of the health and wellness stuff too. But I was just curious on it's, what do they say? Um, like as soon as you stop learning, it's over. Mm, uh, you know. For sure. So what do you do to make sure that you keep? learning and growing Mm. your mind I guess is a more detailed way to ask that question yeah thank you for sharing your examples um well one thing I'll say that this is probably why this is a hard question for me is my I'm sure you guys have heard of strengths finder right oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay so my my number one strength is input so that's literally just means like inputting information is like what I would do all day if I could just do that so I love reading like I read every night for at least an hour um, in the morning to throughout the day actually I just love reading so I'm always reading something but that's not challenging to me Um, so I guess I don't really even consider it personal development I usually consider things that are challenging to me more personal development and for me that right now I would say is in the realm of perfectionism I know we kind of touched on that I don't know if it was before we started recording or not Um, but the whole (laughs) that the idea of perfectionism releasing that which again I feel like it isn't an isolated thing though because it it really bleeds into all areas of my life and just starting to understand where that's coming from um, when it's triggered and when it's like subconscious and I'm not even realizing I'm doing it is probably one of my biggest things I'm working on right now, as well as people pleasing. Um, so basically just not saying what's on my mind or not being honest at uh, just because I'm more concerned about keeping others comfortable or things like that. And really the, the cost that is 
um, is me, you know, it's a very high cost and I've been dealing with it for almost mm. 30 years of my life. So just realizing that probably those two things are what I want to work on and what I want to be more honest that I'm working on because I'm sure, I'm, you know, obviously these are, these are things, especially being from the Midwest, I feel like we're kind of taught these things um, for, you know, and sometimes they're helpful, but at the same time, they can be detrimental to and us. Maintain so. the status quo, please. Just maintain exactly. the status quo. Whatever you do, don't be rude. You know, it's like, <laughs> that would pretty much be like killing somebody if you were rude to them. Um, and just, yeah, just, just looking at some of these things that are underlying, you know, especially now that I'm, I'm doing something I'm passionate about. I have a, you know, I'm in a great partnership. I have like a lot of the areas of my life are in balance. So it's like every time you get something in balance, though, you realize like what's underneath that, that is waiting, you know, you're peeling back the layers and that's what growing is though. You know, I think we've seen these memes, we've seen these things growth isn't um, fun. <laughs> There's obviously a lot of moments where you're like feeling proud of yourself, but the more you learn about yourself, the more you realize you don't know. Um, and just just being okay with that and trying to show myself some self-compassion as I try to unlearn some things, to be honest. Unlearning is hard. Yeah, it's a lot harder than learning, I would oh, say, personally. Oh, man, yeah, that's a... <laughs> We've never talked about that. Girl. The older you get, the harder it is to unlearn. Mm. Yep. Why do you think that is? Well, as as you grow, right? Like as a kid, and I, you know, as I raise my kids, it's so easy for like what we've learned through the years, like what's been taught through us, to easily just un like what's the word unconsciously like teach them. Right. I mean, it's everywhere, mm. like friends, uh, grandparents or, you know, your friend's parents house or it's just it's just so easy for them to get caught up in that. If, if you're not intentional about growing and changing your mindset, the TV and the media today, th that's what they do, you know. And so, like, as you go through life and you're not intentional about those things, you just naturally without even knowing you're being taught certain mm -hmm. things and the the more you learn something the more it becomes a part of you the harder it is to let go have you mm. have you heard of unconscious competence i haven't heard of, i've heard of unconscious bias but not unconscious competence. It's, it's very like similar that. actually to, so like when when you're a little kid in when so, so when you're a baby and your parents put your shoes on and they tie them for you, you are unconsciously incompetent. You have no idea what's going on, mm. right? When you're a toddler and they put them on, you know you need someone to tie your shoes, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't know how to do it. So you're consciously incompetent. Oh, okay. And then you're like six, seven, eight years old. You know how to tie your shoes, but you have to say the little, you know, cross it, bunny ear swoop it loop it right so you're conscious you're uh, you're consciously competent so when you're thinking about it right you can mm -hmm. do it mm -hmm. and then like right now if i'm tying my shoes i can have a full conversation with you and not like my hands just know what they're doing right mm -hmm. so i'm unconsciously competent so if you mm. are unconsciously competent at a bad habit oh. unlearning that 
is going to be a battle. Um, I, wow. It's almost, yeah. I don't know if this happens to you guys, but it's like when you are driving, right? And you always take mm-hmm. the same route every time. Yeah, right? same thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you have to physically like talk yourself into not taking that turn. And I catch myself doing it yeah. all right. the time. Like I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go a different route. And like before I know it, I've missed my turn because I didn't like keep reinforcing that thought right it's it, it's so mm. it's so crazy how the mind like Caleb said how how you can train it to do good things or bad things mm-hmm. without even knowing that you're doing it right yeah. it's making me think this is this is a great topic because I feel like this is where like our next generation is headed like being more mindful you know being more intentional Mm. and all those things like I feel like it's great to think of it but the actual doing of it is incredibly challenging and why you know I feel like we're getting into why because we have these things ingrained in us and how long have they been there you know like think of how old we are like we if we've been doing something this long it's not necessary that it's going to take the equal amount of time to, to undo it, but it's going to take time. And I think oftentimes we really just want things to be done right away. We would just want things to be checked off a list, you know, especially when it comes to healing, totally. like our mindset, yep. <laughs> like, totally. like that's not really something you could just check off the list. Um, and that's where some people maybe just stop then. Cause they're like, it, it's easier to not, you know, it's much easier just to stay the mm. same. So if you don't really, if you, if you really don't have a reasoning why um, it's, you're not going to stay, you're not going to stick with it is, um, is my mindset. And really like what I do with coaching, because especially health, that's like a great example. If we, if we don't really understand why we do things, yes, we know, we all know we need to take care of our bodies and eat good and all these things. Um, But why, you know, why do some people do it? And some people don't like there, there's so much more to it than just the logic of of health uh, when it comes to taking care of ourselves. I also, no, this is a great topic, Andrea. Um, I also believe, too, that the, the comfort of the known. So, like, mm. and I literally went through this, and it just kind of was like an aha moment, because I'm, I'm going in between, I'm, I'm starting a new job tomorrow, and... Uh, Okay, big time. Still, that, was, that was a chill little flex <laughs> right there. Caleb, <laughs> hey, let me get to my point, dude. Okay. Oh, my bad. Um, yeah. But it's like that that uncomfortable like thought like feeling, right? Like, oh man, I've been doing this for like the last seven years. Am I able to pivot and do something mm-hmm. else? You know, like for me, like I know mm-hmm. that's when I need to grow. Like, but I was just thinking, mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. Think of it now, like in different aspects of people's lives like when it comes to like taking like switching out of a relationship or like if you're not happy in a relationship like how many people stay in a bad relationship because they're they rather be comfortable in what they know Mm -hmm. instead of jumping out and being uncomfortable in the unknown Mm -hmm. and i i feel like that's you know kind of part of the you know your question of why do people keep doing things over and over and that's one of the things i feel like is being comfortable with what you know um and then like you also said it you know perfectly too you have a coach um 
And the purpose, the yeah. purpose of a coach is to help you know yourself on a deeper level on why you do certain things. Um, and I mm-hmm. feel like just being aware can help you make that transition into changing a habit or at least understanding why you do a habit. And that's, you know, before I got a personality coach, there was just so many things I would just get frustrated about. Like, man, why am I work? Like, why am I worked up? Why? So after I got a coach, it helped me, like you said it perfectly, like understand your triggers, you know, and, and you can explain mm-hmm. it to yourself and then know like, okay, this coop, you don't need to really, this is just your programming. Like you're just programmed to act like mm-hmm. this, but let's change that and put a positive habit on top of that or something like that. So, um, Right. That's why I believe everyone, everyone needs some type of coach or getting around people that understand or like people that are trying to grow. You know, you're always, you're, you're the sum of the five that you're around. So like, you know, if I'm around four people that are coaching, they're just, I'm naturally just going to grow because I'm going to see the thought different. Like they're going to help me see my thoughts different um, in certain mm-hmm. things. So yeah, like I just... Yeah, I I love that. And I I a question came to mind when you were talking um how you said in your own life you know when you start to get comfortable that it's time to grow. And I would love to ask why why even is that like something that's important to you? Like why is growing something that you prioritize? You're just flipping the script. So I'm a I'm a strong believer. She is. This is great. I love it. I love it. This is great. It's a great on episode. Our podcast. I love it. Um, it's love it. it's all about perspective, and everyone's got their own perspective. And I've always been one, you know. Not, you know, and I I think it's just being an athlete. You know, being in that environment, you're always pushed to grow. Like you're always pushed to get better. Always just push, push, push. Do more. Right. And so. Mm-hmm you get out of the sports world and now you apply it to your everyday life. And honestly, to answer your question, I'm, I don't want to be average, right? I'm a strong Mm -hmm. believer. If you have a flat line or if you're like, if you just stay stagnant, eventually that line's going to fall. And so I Mm. always want to be challenging my thought and just evolving, right? Just evolving into a, whatever, honestly, like whatever my family needs me to be. Um, putting myself mm-hmm. in uncomfortable situations because I know it's going to pay off and I know that that's just what I got to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I hate being in a situation where I'm not happy and not, I don't want to make it seem like I'm doing things because I'm not happy or whatever. But like at the end of the day, if you're not happy with something, make, make a change. You know, I feel like if mm-hmm. you're in a position where you're not happy, there's a good chance you've kind of stayed there because you are comfortable and so the minute mm. i start feeling that i uh, do i need to make a shift like what's going on do i need to like you know sure. do i need to like put mm-hmm. something out into the atmosphere or the universe or or what whatever it is but you know you're you we all got to grow like we all got to evolve because like yeah. times are changing you know what what worked sure. 15 20 years ago is not doesn't work today you know so that's mm-hmm. my that's my yeah I love that that's cool and I I, I mean I could ask you questions all day too so I don't want to keep asking <laughs> questions because it's your podcast 
I mean, it's great. I mean, but the, I just love hearing. I love hearing your reasoning behind um, your passion for growing because you know, just from knowing you for the short time, it seems like this is really like you're very driven and like a very um, high achiever. So I'm always very fascinated to ask, um, you know, like where where is that where is that coming from? You know, what's feeding that? And just getting a background on that was great. Yeah, so thank it's, you. Part, it's part of my wiring too, and that and that's what like, you know, like you said, like having a coach helps you uh, know yourself better. And I just he broke it down to me like I'm a super comp like like I'm super super competitive, and so like not mm. knowing that before. I would get frustrated, like, if I felt like I lost something. Even at work, it, mm, it would just be like, yep. if I get a phone call and something didn't go my way, I was pissed for the rest of the day. And I would mm. never, I would right. not know that. I'm just like, why am I so worked up about this? Like, man, they're working <laughs> against me. Like, I don't, like, ah, oh, I'm just leaving mm, for the day, right? Right. But now that I understand that, I can now use it to take that energy into something that's, gonna benefit yeah benefit that. me and my and my family so that it, again like that's that's why you need a coach i think um, we gotta give mad props 100%. to andrea who is just through and through a coach man because she she she's got coop just spilling his <laughs> spilling his heart out <laughs> I got me talking. And andrea i gotta give you props for, uh <laughs> i gotta give you props for that uh my, so my, go ahead coop Thanks. i want to ask I want to I want to take take us back because I, I we've never had someone like Andrea on the on the podcast and what I mean like what I mean by that is I want to know what it was like when CJ was in foot like in football. Oh, like, which 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 well, part? Like just, I don't I don't know. I guess just being like you know hit you know his wife spouse friend at, at that time of his when life he was like a little just stress what, ball what it, what was it like? oh man like i guess i guess <laughs> like the other like the other perspective because like, we've never had someone right on here like you that yeah yeah no for sure um i'm trying to think back to like how how far back to go even um because for me, when I first started dating CJ, I knew he played quote unquote football, but I didn't really know what that meant. Um, so the first time I went to Fargo, <laughs> first off, I didn't even know if he was like really going to play. She didn't know he was that. You know, I didn't know. What, so I went to yeah. Fargo. And my... I didn't know. He is. You know? He is. He's so humble. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So me and my parents were at our hotel. And, you know, this, the, we're, my, I'm mixed, my dad's black. Usually the only people that are black there are probably there for sports. So she asked us, right. like, oh, what are you guys here for, kind of thing. And we said who, you know, who my boyfriend was at the time. And she just looked at us like, what? You know, I'm like, what? Because I didn't know what he was supposed to, like, I guess he's a good <laughs> player. You know, my mom thought that was so cool. So that's when I realized, like, okay, this guy, he's not really giving me the full story. Um, so when he was like a senior, I forgot if he was a senior or junior, um, but he had just kind of mentioned nonchalantly in conversation that he wanted to, you know, pursue playing after college and he wanted to try to be in the NFL. And in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, all right. <laughs> but I just like, 
I didn't really, it's not that I didn't believe he could, but I'm just like, I don't know how this stuff works. So I'm not going to be like, yeah, you got it. So I was just like, sounds good. Um, and he just continued to do his thing. That's kind of how he is though. He rarely says anything about what he's doing. He just does it. So the next thing I know, we are, he's going off to Houston to train, you know, for the, for the draft. And I'm like, oh, well, I kind of want to come too. So I went, to, I went down there too, actually. And I worked down there for a few months with him. And that was another eye-opening experience, especially we were so young um, and we had never been away from home before, but it definitely helped us for when we had to travel, when he did get into the league, because we were away from home a lot and we had to rely on each other. Um, and that experience was probably the biggest growth vortex that I had had in my life at the time. Just, you know, having to be resourceful, having to rely on another person and actually be very vulnerable and like aware of their emotions as well, not just my own. I feel like we just learned so many lessons on partnership um, from him being in the league. Also just him not having much time and not much emotional capacity it was really hard at times. Like we, he would just be so stressed and I would be stressed because I was still working too. It's not, I wasn't um, just hanging out, even though I wish I would have been, but we were both, so we were both stressed and it was hard to be honest. But at the same time, we realized that this was like a once in a lifetime experience that we were having. So we tried to be as mindful as we could and actually try to enjoy it because it's not something that's promised. And even when he was there, he could leave at any moment. Um, so just finding ways to really celebrate um, and find some joy and find some connection with other people that were doing, you know, there with us, it, it made it, it made it fun. You know, it, we had a lot of fun, but it was so stressful. Like, I don't even know how to describe it to be honest. Man, that's do you awesome. think, do you, that probably doesn't follow 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 answer, answer, but. Are we still on the football thing? Because I'm going to ask the second uh, uh, question. You go, Coop, then I'm going to go. Yeah, go for it. So that was awesome, by the way, Andrea. That was really good. Thank you. Um, okay. So football's <laughs> done. And now I'm just curious what you thought when CJ started talking Ooh. about real estate. Can, can, I, can I sneak mine in, too, because it's related? Oh, so, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. why I yeah. asked you if no, no, no. This is, this is exactly where I'm going. So, <laughs> did the stress okay from that prepare you okay. guys to become the stress of becoming landlords or real estate investors? Dual question. Oh man. Dual questions. A hundred, hundred percent. Yes. Um, pretty much every single day, we didn't know like if we were going to be staying where we were at or if we were going to be going home or going to a different city um, or if you would have a job or not. Um, so having that <laughs> looming over your head for like three years, however long, two years, two and a half years, um, it really puts you in a different perspective about life, to be honest, because during that time, I feel like all I focused on was how to embrace an uncertainty like that was the only way I found to be able to deal with the stress of really not knowing and it, and it being to such a strong degree, um, like just the, the large impact it had on our lives, you know, not just knowing what I'm going to eat for lunch, you know, <laughs> like knowing, are we going to, you know, where are we going to live? What are we, are we going to have money? Like the, the basic life fundamentals, like if you know um, Maslow's 
hierarchy of needs, like that's at the bottom, like that's mm. base level. And that's where our uncertainty was. So it's just a different type of stress and having that and not saying, you know, we perfected it by any means, but getting tools to deal with that type of stress definitely has led us to be way more laid back when it comes to the stress of like real estate, a tenant. Like, I feel like now we feel, we feel at least we don't have kids, you know, Coop. So you, I'm sure have way more stress when it comes to that. <laughs> but as far as our life goes right now, we feel like we can handle it, but I think it, it, it will I be can, a different can, story when we have kids. That's a, <laughs> I can, I can soundboard that. Cause my wife and I talk about that too. Like, man, we're stressed right now. We don't even have kids. So like we'll figure it out, but super dad over yeah. there. Um, <laughs> all, I'm, all, all I'm saying is, like, it's great. It's great that you have have the talk because like me and the wife, you know, when we get a second, it's like, man, we thought we had time, <laughs> <laughs> uh. right? You you just realize, you know, and until you have kids, you just you just never know. Like you just. You can't. I I can't explain it because like before we had kids, we used to think That's we were so busy. Oh, like, no. man, this that mm. the, the other thing, you know. And when you have kids, I, I mean, I'm just happy to get like 30 minutes to myself. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, my gym time is my time, mm-hmm. you know. But like, I, I do the gym because everyone's sleeping, and like, I'm not gonna get grilled. Oh, the kids were up now. Cool. Chill you know, out, like, man. Chill out. I do cool. the hour. <laughs> 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 But no, but like, it, <laughs> like I just feel like though, Andrew, what you said, embracing the uncertainty and, and stuff and stuff is is great, especially someone like like you, because you said you're you're kind of like a that perfectionist. Must have been major um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like even before the coaching, oh. you already kind of had something you went through to to help you, like you said, grow already. Right. So that's that was pretty neat. Yeah, one thing I would like to touch on one more thing about the um, CJ's football career for me, just just witnessing his day to day, like and first off, just him pursuing like an actual dream Mm. that he had had since he was a child and succeeding was completely even transformational for me Mm. just to witness that in somebody I loved and cared for and just watching them fully you know complete something like that it would I you know I'd never met someone who had did something like that so that for me again opened my eyes to what was possible in the world like if that's something that he can do why couldn't I you know be a health coach not saying one's better than the other but one definitely has Mm -hmm. a lot more obstacles to it and is still doable so I think it, it it opened my eyes a lot um just to the possibilities of life and just deciding what matters. And and then when it no longer seemed to really even matter to him too, it stopped, you know, just like that. And he now is doing something he cares even more for and just realizing things can change. You know, you don't have to be one thing for your whole man, life. That, man, Caleb, we might have to have Andrew back on, like real talk. We we, we like, got to be, we gotta be conscious um, of your time, Andrea. I, we, it sounds like Coop's going to invite you back. Yeah. We'll see. I'll think about it. Um. I'm a couple, a couple, a couple. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still have to win, Caleb. I still have to win, Caleb. Ago, I'd probably have to win you over. Um, but a, a couple, uh, a couple quick questions yeah, right. to kind of finish the night or the morning. Excuse me. Um, I'll start first. Uh, what is a book that you would recommend someone to read, and why? 
Because there's too many. See, I love this question and I hate this question because I have love so many books. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll do two that I always say, and especially just for because I think they are great ways to just get into the realm of like mindset work. Um, The Power of Now. That's definitely a favorite for me by Eckhart Tolle really about living in the present moment and kind of how to do that and why and how it changes your life um, when you start to be able to be more conscious of that. And The Alchemist, which, you know, I'm sure you guys maybe have already read, but it's a great one to come back to, especially when you do embark on a new journey of something. I just love the way um, it lays it out. And there's always something new that I find in that book. And it's an easy read, too. Andrea, we we didn't really ask this question um, in the podcast, but how have you dealt with fear in your life? Okay, so this is not in the podcast. No, we didn't. We didn't. We we usually ask. We haven't touched on, but we didn't during this podcast. Yeah. Okay. How do I deal with fear? Hmm. I think for me what I do is question it and just question it in a way where I'm trying to see, is it just trying to keep me safe? Um, and I, and I need to be safe right now, or is it trying to keep me safe? And I don't need that right now. And just starting to be more diligent, um, about uh, differentiating between the two, if that makes sense. Um, just realizing that, some fear is helpful and some isn't. And being able to realize the difference is really where the magic happens in your life. Phenomenal. Caleb, no, no one said that before. That was a very oh, yeah. unique answer. That was a, I love that. Que- question <laughs> fear. Right. Caleb, we might, that might need to be our, our uh, mantra for the next like uh, four to six Andrew, months. You, you could have told me that like 10 days ago. We're saving a little <laughs> There stress. you go. Um, Andrea, what is something <laughs> that you would tell your younger self? What what advice would you give your younger self? Mm. I would say, hmm, the first thing that came to mind for me is speak up. So I would say I have a lot of great ideas and I've done a lot of learning, but oftentimes I still question myself. I still question Mm. if what I have to say is worth hearing. And I would say to my younger self, yes, it is. And keep speaking up and it's okay. If it doesn't land exactly how you expect it to, or if it makes people upset, um, it's still something that is going to help you grow. So I would say speak Probably up another first is what group. I would tell my younger self. Love it. Love it. Andrew, where can <laughs> our followers find you? Hire you, you? I, you know, just. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think this is a great ad for me. <laughs> um, but no, you can find me on Instagram. It's hi, Andrea Smith. And my website is HiAndreaSmith.com. That was easy. Love it. Love it. Andrea, we just want to say thank you. Um, This has been awesome. Uh, Man, I'm still like, like my mind is going through like, man, why don't we get her on here sooner? 
Blame yeah, Caleb. it was all my fault. Awesome. Yeah, it was all it was me. I have a yeah, vendetta. I have a vendetta Caleb? for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just your fault. <laughs> all right. Well, Andrea, I, I want to say thanks too. Hope to have you back well, on I'd love soon. To come back. Um, Coop. That's all I got. Awesome. Thank Great. you. Well, thank you thanks, both for Andrea. having me. Bye. Bye. Yep. Bye. Oh, why you hit me with the pata? <laughs> um, I'm gonna... go, let me let me go quick, Coop. Okay. Um, Andrea has a very different perspective, and it's an it's an awesome one because it really pushed and challenged you and I to grow. Oh, and like her, like we don't disagree with anything of what she like, but we just we would have never framed it the way she did. This is a great episode. This this was this was a phenomenal episode. Um, man, I, I just love, I just, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, my body's still trying to digest that. Anyways, um, that was great. Um, I loved her fear. I mean, she has so many phenomenal gems in there. Um, you know, having a coach to, you know, understand her better, help her through some things. Um, and then fear, like questioning fear like all the times we talk about fear on on these podcasts i don't think we've ever like done like has said that or any someone hasn't said that before yeah i think yeah no i mean she she's probably the type that writes it all down we yeah we could have went you know due to time you know, yeah we could always bring her back like you were um, alluding to but um, love i love i just loved it because she said some fear is healthy and some fear isn't because you know she was saying that she questions it and is it meant to keep her safe when she's supposed to be safe or is it meant for her for her to is it telling her to be safe when she's not supposed to be you know or or taking a risk or something like that and that's questioning the beast look the beast in the face and like hey what are you doing here <laughs> yeah like i said i could have really used this talk about two weeks ago oh yeah yeah days ago i was going through some you probably you know you get here on the podcast like okay hmm, okay yeah no great episode andrew is an amazing person um really happy that we have relationships with her yeah for sure for sure no this this is a great episode um really really great episode um anything else want to add caleb nah man go go hit her up on ig Hit her up on IG, uh, her website. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate, leave a review. Um, yeah, that's all I got. That's it. We don't have a date for Mahana Fresh yet. Tuned um, for that. Yeah, Caleb, you gonna you gonna talk about any of your your dealings the last couple of weeks, or are you gonna keep that on wrap? That's probably next next week, Coop. That's probably next. time for yeah, we'll probably, <laughs> we'll probably uh I'll see you next week. Are you are you are you at least gonna put like when y'all you know get that thing, are we gonna see a post like uh Oh yeah. Okay. You know right. what I mean? I'll never miss an opportunity to market. 
I'm 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 ready. I'm ready. I can't wait because I'm definitely bl- blasting that. All about the growth, man. All about the growth. Yep. <laughs> Are we rambling right now? I gotta. I mean, it's 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 probably it's. I gotta get to work this morning, Coop. So you're unbelievable. Yeah. All right, man. All right, dude. <laughs> I'm going to see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Great afternoon, everybody. I hope everyone is having a great week, a great start to your week, a great end of your week, wherever this podcast finds you. Uh, Again, seems like it's a bad joke or a running joke. I don't know how you want to say it. Caleb is not here today. So I am by myself, with which I feel like this podcast runs a little bit smoother when he's not here. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so just letting you guys know that uh, today's episode, episode 85, is our monthly book review. And for the month of October, we read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Uh, Really, really, really loved this book, a um, lot, lot of mixed reviews on it, um, but I'm someone that was, you know, playing sports, um, you just used to being in leadership type roles or having to be disciplined with practice, school, uh, what you eat, you know, and just finding the time to get everything done. Um, again, not saying athletics um, is any way, shape, or form uh, on the same level as being in the military. But um, a lot of the lessons you you can pull out um, are lessons that I learned from my time in athletics and Jocko and Leaf's time being in the military. Um so yeah, this was this was a great book. A lot of gems. This is definitely a book that I will uh, have to go back to quite a few times. Um, yeah, so a couple of gems that I took out of this book. Uh, you know, ch- chap chapter one right off the bat: uh, extreme ownership, and uh, basically backstory. Uh, Jocko was in an operation. And in in Iraq, and uh, basically there was a situation that happened that basically it was his guys were basically firing on each other, right? You know, they call it a blue on blue, basically. So once everything uh, settled down, they got it all figured out. Well, you know, he had to provide a report, like what happened, you know, and he made it seem like it was one of those things that once that happened, he was definitely going to get candor go back to the States or whatever, but I love how he took ownership in that. And that was, that was the main theme of this 
this book uh, was taking extreme ownership. You know, yeah, it's talking directly to leaders, but we in life all lead something, whether if it's a family or at work, um, we all lead in some way, shape or form. Um, and he was saying, one of the things I love in this chapter, he said, leaders take ownership no matter what. Um, and leaders, leaders especially take ownership of the failures, but they pass on the successes. They don't take the ownership or the extreme ownership of the success, right? They'll usually pass that down the line to, to the team or, or, you know, someone else, which, you know, is a concept that I strongly believe in, but it's, it's so weird. You know, it's so weird to take it, to understand that, right? Like in today's world, I feel like you, the buck stops with you, right? Like you either are the, you either are the savior or the goat, right? It's not one of the, it's not one or the other, it's both. And uh, so that was, that was definitely cool to, to hear him talk about that. Um, So that, that was a great point. I love that extreme ownership. Uh, And then chapter, man, this, this book had a lot of gems and I got to be careful because I'm by myself and I could literally go chapter by chapter. I'm trying to be, um, I'm trying to be more, uh, I'm trying to sum it up. I'm not trying to be on here forever or <laughs> take you guys time out this Monday. Right. Um, okay. So chapter eight talked about decentralized command. Uh, that was the name of the chapter decentralized command. And so basically, again, this concept was basically being able to lead a team effectively and, Jocko was talking a lot in his military days that um, he was in charge of a lot of things, right? A lot of moving parts. And he trained his guy. So when he led, he only was leading four to five guys, six at the max, right? And those guys then would have a group they would lead. So Jocko would never talk to a whole team or unit, he would only talk to a few guys, right? And kind of the same concept um, in business um, or for leading a team, being able to give up control to your team members, your employees, and, and having them be the ones to make those calls on the ground. I thought that was a very, very powerful point. Uh, too much in today's world. Uh, leaders love to uh, do it all, right? They like to be in charge of everything, run the show, call the shots, which is not, there's a time and a place for that, right? Like when the decision needs to be made. But I find it that the best leaders are the ones that are able to give up control, trust their team and have their team call the shots and and be able to trust them on certain decisions. And, and that was the point of the whole decentralized command is to be able to give up control and, and obviously have trained your team to a point where you can step back, 
And the individuals that you manage, you trust them then to go execute on their plan with their teams, right? Uh, so I thought that was a that was a great, great, great point. Um, chapter three uh, was believe. Uh, so many times in today's world, we do a lot of things and we don't really fully understand the purpose or the or the point behind it. And uh, Jocko was was talking about this time he had to convey something to the team, but first he had to believe and understand it fully from his superiors first before then he can convey that to his to his team, right? Because so many times our teams feed off leaders, right? They, they feed off their leader. And if they sense something, especially something they don't already agree with, and they sense that in the leader that there's some hesitation, then that plan's not going to work. So Jocko had to really believe in himself or in the plan and fully understand it and believe that it was it was going to work. So <clears throat> that was I thought that point was really really powerful. I thought that was awesome. Um <sighs> This was a great book, guys. I I can't even. You know, I'm I'm Again, I I resonated everything with what Jocko said, you know, and I think it's just being in military, being in sports, like being in some extra curricular activity that demands that discipline from you. um, You can always resonate with those people that have that same mindset. And so I thought that this book was was really, really great. Um, So my last point, I mean, I don't want to be my last point, but, you know, um, chapter nine plan. Right. And uh, I thought this was a great chapter. He talked about plan, planning, and he talked about the methodology and how to plan as leader, um, how your team should be planning. And basically, he just summed it into um, when you are planning, you know, being a leader, you have to be able to see the big picture. Right. So when you're planning with your team, you can't as a leader be bogged down in the details because then you will then be thinking as your, your team or your employees. And as a leader, you need to be able to see the big picture. So he was even saying that he lets his team worry about the details and he just worries about the, the operations and, um, the management of what he was doing, because again, everybody has a role, you know, and, and him being um, a commander, he had to be able to coordinate with other commanders in the area um, to provide support in different areas. And he couldn't be so bogged down in the particular mission that his team was on because he had to be able to stand back and see the big picture of things. And I thought that was, that was a great, great point because um, you know, again, you know, as leaders, sometimes we feel like we got to know everything, right? And um, to be able to lead, you have to be able to trust your team again, um, so then you can do your job and and see the big picture. You know, I like the analogy of of saying you work on the business and not in the business, right? Uh, so it's basically the same principle here. So, yeah, guys, those were a few of the gems and the nuggets in in this book. Uh, 
yeah, definitely one I would definitely recommend. Five star for sure. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're a leader or if you, if you have a business or you, or you're just looking for a way to lead the family or just be an effective communicator, um, this is definitely a book I recommend. Uh, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, Extreme Ownership. Uh, now, before I forget here, um, the next book that we will be reading for November, a book that we saw a former guest reading, and so we were like, well, we got to get that on the list, is So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Uh, Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for Work You Love. So let's go. Oh, well, all right, everybody. That was it. Short and sweet book reviews. I feel like you guys love these book reviews because they're short, simple. Um, and I feel like you guys love when I'm here by myself because uh, Caleb's not here and uh, I don't got, I don't got to deal with him. So, <laughs> but anyway, guys have a great week and see you guys next week. Bye.